let's enter into the deeper inner self today though that's a very deep topic deep dialogue needs a retreat setting so to say but we'll touch upon some interesting thoughts there i'll begin with a story huh? it's a upanishadic story it's from the indian scriptures ancient indian scriptures i'm just thinking how do i relate this story to you so that it makes sense because there are some terms okay okay so the story goes the supreme lord in this story in this upanishad is called shri hari and krishna was one of the incarnation of shri hari so shri hari they say is the supreme deity supreme lord lord of the world and out of that supreme being the all the other gods took as came as incarnation even brahma came from him even vishnu came from him even shiva came from him anyway that's just a uh, baseline understanding okay so the story goes it's a very interesting story story goes that there's a there's a person called hirnakashyapa who's the lord of asuras uh, the evil the evil world he is the king of the even evil world and then there is shri hari who is the lord of the world and evil clan always fights with the devas the the god clan there is always a struggle and a fight so once it happened that a being called prahlada took birth as hirnakashyapa's son so the son of the chief evil god uh, chief evil uh, is a person called prahlada who's son of the chief of evils but this son has somehow in his heart developed the absolute unconditional love for hari the opposite force now his father the evil king is very perturbed because his own son is the lover of hari of the chief god so he tortures his son a lot he tries to kill his son many times but hari somehow out of his mysterious power saves him all the time once it happens that it's now the height now shri hari decides to kill this uh, evil king and the story goes he finally kills the evil and now that's not the end of the story now the interesting thing begins after that the elder brother of this evil king is very angry on hari he wants to kill hari and he's got the blessing i don't know from where that he has the power even to kill hari now hari is the chief god the hari is running across the galaxies and cosmos to save himself because he knows that this brother of evil king can kill him he is running continuously trying to save himself but he realizes that he can't be 
he can't hide anywhere where this this person this evil will not find him so you know what he does he he gets a idea he gets a thought he enters into the heart of this evil person that the asur we call it in hindi enters into his heart why because he knows that this this super strong evil person will go around the whole cosmos looking outward for me but he will never look within his own heart because he knows shri hari knows the god knows that nobody looks within the heart and that's the safest place for me to hide there that's the story do you do you understand why i'm sharing this story with you where is the true self why we call it the absolute true or inner self why do we in all the traditions we call god as true self especially in the eastern tradition why self just because of the story just because of the story because the deeper inner self within each heart is the source is the place where the truth where the divinity where the ultimate resides in the deepest core of this heart now my question to all of you as part of your journey as part of your spiritual practice where are you trying to find truth in the texts in the scriptures in the books in the knowledge in the rituals in the idols where are we trying to find the truth because if you are trying to find the truth by the faculty of mind then you must know that this faculty is outward driven mind is a faculty which only can focus outward it cannot focus inward but heart is a faculty which has the capacity to look inward to see inward to to experience the inwardness we we did a invocation before this satsang that's the same invocation we've been doing before all the satsangs and if you read the mantra of the invocation that invocation is to the five elements why we are invoking the five elements can you can you share why we invoke the five elements what's the significance of that anybody think about it 
what's the significance of invoking the five elements as part of a spiritual process? Hmm. Hmm. Beautiful. Few friends have written as private message. One friend has written as a message to everybody. We invoke the five elements because we are made up of five elements, outward and inward. I have a keen interest in understanding and exploring cosmos also, even the physical dimension of cosmos. It's very interesting to see and as scientists are exploring more, very interesting findings that this whole world is made up of five elements alone. It's a combination of five elements. Each, even different stars and galaxies and, you know, sun and moon and all of that. And earth, we're all made up of these five elements in different combinations. So is this body. So is this being made up of the five elements. We are on the topic of relationships, right? Do you feel the connection? Why I'm talking about this? Because the hurry who resides in the deepest inner heart, how do I access that? Because all my senses, all my mind is only outward driven. I do not have anything in my being which is inward driven. As part of nature, everything goes out. So what do I do? How do I reach the interior of my heart? I go down to the basics. I go down to the five elements. Because these are the five elements I'm made up of. We're all made up of. This entire existence is made up of. So I start to first create a very strong relationship with these five elements. Because if this relationship is established, this center, the heart starts to open up. It's like uh, when, when we go out to the nature in front of the ocean, river, forest, greenery, what happens? A certain dimension of the heart starts to open up. Why? Why does that happen? Just because it is beautiful to look at, the ocean is serene to look at and plants and forest is green and lush green to look at and it's beauty. No, beauty is just one part of it. Why our heart starts to open up when we are with nature? Because the profundity of the elements are is the profundity of the elements when we are with nature is such that it it straight away enters into the heart. It cuts through all the sense organs and straight away enters into the heart. For a many seconds maybe. You get up in the morning, you look at the rising sun, something happens, a wow moment comes, the thought stops in that moment, huh? the movement of the mind stops at that moment, just like looking at the sun. What just happened? Did you realize what just happened? Most of us feel at that moment, the, the beauty of the sun was such that we became awestruck. No, no, that's just one aspect. You're witnessing the element of fire in its absolute nudity, in its absolute purity. And that element, that fire which you are seeing in the sun, 
did something to your heart, to your inner fire, there's a sudden connection. When you walk barefoot on the sand, on the beach, in a forest, on a grass, what happens? For a moment, the, the mind shuts. Why? It's just not the softness of the grass. No. The earth element in your subconscious, you're not even conscious of this process. The element of earth suddenly enriched the element of earth in your own being. It's like the child and the mother suddenly got connected. Do you follow? I'm a, I'm a substratum of this entire cosmos, right? Substratum, but of the same component. It's like we are the child and this entire visible world is uh, the manifested world is, is the mother with all the five elements. So the moment I touch a certain element with force, with directness, the outward movement of the mind stops. Suddenly, the energy of the mother and the child are together. The umbilical cord is established back again. The nourishment starts to come back again. And this is happening just not in the physical plane. This is just not the earth is healing you as a physical form because of direct contact of your feet on earth. No, at an energetic level also. This umbilical cord is connected with the deeper element. This is what happens when when you are with nature, a, a profound opening starts to happen in your heart. Now just imagine if you start to do this process consciously, what will it do? It will straight away enter into your heart and realize that you and that, this and that are not two different elements. It's one and the same thing. The, the highest Vedanta opens up to you, which says that, Everything is but one. It's like if you take a drop from the ocean and analyze it, the ocean is in the drop, isn't it? Everything that is in the ocean is in the drop too. We've taken the drop outside from the ocean. In our laboratory, we are testing this drop. But everything is of the ocean is in the drop. In the microcosm exists the macrocosm and vice versa. In, in the Punjabi language, in the Punjabi scriptures of Guru Granth Sahib, of Guru Nanak, there's a Punjabi line which says, Jo Brahmande Sohi Pinde. Very beautiful line. And this line also comes in the Upanishads many a time. Into the text which was written over 10,000 years ago. And the meaning of this line is, Whatever is in that cosmos is also in this microcosm. It's the same. There's no difference. Yeah. How do you realize that? Use the five elements. The basic elemental power. Because that has the power to shut your mind and straight away take you to the inner self, the inner heart, the seat of the Hari. It's a, I won't say a shortcut, but a very direct path. Hence, no wonder all the cultures across human civilization have always found deeper connect with the 
five elements. We've always prayed. These five elements have always been sacred to us as humanity, irrespective of geography, irrespective of time period. But it's a different matter that as, as we progressed as humanity, we started forgetting the five elements. The elements that have made us, we've started uh, polluting them, killing them. What's the effect of that? When I kill the earth out there, when I kill the water out there, when I kill the air out there, I'm killing the earth, water, air in here also. It's part of the same mechanism. That's my true self. That's my true inner being. This realization that the drop is the ocean. There is no difference. But unfortunately, what we're trying to do, we're trying to understand this concept of the drop being the ocean through the mental faculty. It is not meant for that. Do you follow? It's like I start to try and write from my toes instead of my fingers, my hand. It's part of the same body, yes. But toes are not meant for that. Similarly, this faculty, I'm trying to understand divinity and my true inner self through this faculty. Without getting related, related without establishing the relationship with the very basic uh, substance that I'm made up of. Will this happen? No matter how hard I try, no matter how many sutras I, I read, no, many, no matter how many scriptures of, how many traditions I read, will that happen? Because it's a, the process is fundamentally wrong. I'm using the cognitive skill, which has a different application in human life. It's important. It's very beautiful and very important, very powerful. But an outward process. Without entering into the deeper relationship with the substance that I'm made up of. How will I enter into the depths of my own inner being? Even if I want to extend this, I'm, I would say that without establishing the relationship with these five basic elements first, can you relate with any other human being? Your husbands, your wife, your children, your parents, your neighbors, your friends, can you relate with, with them? It's like I'm saying, I'm not related with the very substance I'm made up of, but I'm trying to relate with you as my friend. Will that happen? No, that's not the law. For me to be able to relate with anybody else, I first need to relate with the substance that I'm made up of. Yeah. Otherwise, whatever outer relating I'm trying to do, it's largely happening at a mental physical level. It's not really happening at the, the deeper heart level, at the level of the hurry. It's not happening at that level. Do you, do you understand? Yes, we can relate with the world out there, with people, with relationship, with objects. Even with the five elements I've seen, we relate with five elements, but from a physical mental domain only. 
not from the deeper inner heart domain. That's where we miss. Which means the connection, the relationship is conceptual in nature. And if it is conceptual in nature, it will not take me into the experiential zones of the heart. The inner self will always be eluding them. My own inner self. It's, it's inside. It's, it's there for us to reclaim, to touch, to taste. To be connected and in a deep communion with this inner self. But the bridge has to be created. What's that bridge? The bridge is these five elements. Let me ask you. When was the last time you really felt connected with these elements? Any of these elements? Connected means not just as a, as a physical dimension of beauty, but a deep reverence. When I, when I sip a liquid, from outside, there's a deep reverence, gratitude that this is also what is in here. It's like I am drinking my own self. Do you follow? It's like when I touch the earth, I'm touching my own self. Deep gratitude that this is what I'm made up of. This, this water is what I'm made up of. This is me. This is me I am I'm tasting. That to me is, is relationship. Now we've gone beyond the conceptual frames of relationship. We've entered into the experiential domain of relationship. Do you follow? When was the last time you did this with, with fire, with earth, with air? with water, with akasha, ether, looking at the, at the sky, at the clear, endless sky, suddenly that outward gaze became inward and you started seeing the inward, endless sky, the inner, inward, the inner, inward, endless space. Because that is this, this is that. If you do this really as a practice, you will see a day will come suddenly, this thin illusionary boundary will suddenly disappear. Experientially. In that sudden moment, you will, you will realize that the drop has been the ocean always. You will be confused. Why, why did you not see it earlier? Is this, is this difficult journey? Is this difficult to do? Coming back to your own self and, and forming a deep experiential relationship full of gratitude with your own elements with which you are made up of and making that as a bridge, as a channel, as a, as a, as a road to connect your outer to, to connect your outer ego self with your inner deeper divine self. Huh? The bridge, is, is this a difficult bridge? 
Why I'm saying it's not a difficult bridge? Because this is in your experience all the time. It's just that you're not attentive of this. I take a breath, the ear is in my experience all the time. It's just that I'm not attentive. We drink something like two odd liters of water every day. The water I'm in touch with every two hours. So, so I'm in touch with my own self every, every few minutes. I drink my own self every few minutes. It's just that I'm not attentive of that. Hence, I miss it. Hence, the, the sheet, the veil is always there. Make that as a bridge. Sounds simple. What to do? That's how life is. Extremely simple. Unless we allow our mind to take over and make it extremely complex, that's a different thing. So there's a deep beauty in the ancient cultures of the Pagans, of the Mayans, of, of Eastern, of, of, of Amazonians, of shamans, all of them. There's a very deep beauty. Hence, they were very simple people. Hence, they were much more evolved. They were much more evolved because they were most simple. You know, when, when sometimes I read the deeper ancient Indian scriptures, it's, it's mind-blasting. They knew things that our current modern science has still, it's like our current modern science with all its advancements in different parts of the world. We're still scratching the surface of the knowledge that these guys had acquired thousands of years ago, recorded. They were very simple people, but much more evolved. How? Because of their simplicity. And they were deeply in connect, in relationship, in communion with the Pancha Tattvas, with the five elements. They prayed, they, they, they treated each element with utmost sacredness. They were not outgoing in, in, in search of more knowledge. They were connecting with the elements in search of more knowledge. And each element gave them profound, tremendous, exponential, endless knowledge. Think about this. This profundity in simplicity. Think about this. This whole life that we live, the 70, 80, 90 years, whatever, is a series of thousands of relationships. Thousands, I'm saying thousands of relationships because we form relationship with not just people, with trees, birds, animals, even with objects. Even with our phones, cars, laptops, we have relationship. We establish these relationships. But each relationship proves to be a cause of suffering rather than a cause of evolution, of expansion. Because the basic is missing. Because I look at relationship only as, as a form, external form. I'm still not rooted within my own self with the relationship of these basic five elements. Hence those outer relationships, thousands of these outer relationships we form in, in our life. They just remain peripheral psychological. Very few, 
out of these thousands of relationships, very few are, are there which have the capacity to take you to your heart. Not saying they are not there, the very few. What if each relationship has that profundity? Each relationship that, that you form has that profundity to take you to, to your deeper inner self. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.